Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, chat, we are live. The San Diego Padres, big victory today. Much needed. Joined by Nick Kreider and our good friend Heath Bell should be joining us here in a little bit. We got some Wi-Fi issues, and uh, I was I was scared that I was going to I was gonna say that's one of many issues with the Padres. At least they were able to salvage a little bit of that today. Nick, how you doing, my man? It's been a while. Thank God, man. Yeah, it has been a while. Got the chance to go see Heath in Texas last month. He's building a great house, so I know he's been going through some, you know, Wi-Fi issues and everything, you know, to do with households. But we'll have him on here shortly. But yeah, I hope you're well too, man. I'm glad we got this one on our belt. Ten nothing feels good. It's always nice to see a position player pitching to your hitters. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it it felt. It almost felt like that. The. I mean, this is a. We'll, we'll get into it, chat, and we'll, welcome everyone to the post game show. ADHD saying, "Fuck it all, blow it up." Yeah, that's that's how Pottery fans are feeling right now, Nick. I mean, you know, we, we take a look at today it, it, again. I don't even know if salvage is the right word. I mean, we take a look at you know Monday night, Tuesday night, uh, just some heart heartbreaking losses. This team's inability to score with runners in scoring position. Um, General thoughts. It's been a while. General thoughts on this series. General thoughts on the state of the San Diego Padres. And we'll get into Blake Snell, who was once again nuts yeah. and starting to become unaffordable probably for us in the future. Yeah. Um, general thoughts. Look, I thought after the Tampa series, I think things were turning around. We, we were on, what, three a three-series win streak, beating the, the the previous two series as well, and then you know, be, knocking off the best team in baseball, taking two out of three away of them. That's always huge. Um, look, the Giants are hot right now. You know, I'm not going to lie. We, we came in with a tired bullpen, uh, limited arms in the, the first game. And, you know, the second game, the bullpen just faltered. Um, and then yesterday was just a disaster just because of that call and kind of just sucked the life out of everything. Um, general thoughts, though, is that there needs to be some shakeups. Really, I mean, it, what it comes down to, it, it's it's the story of the season is just not hitting with runners in scoring position, you know, getting guys on base and just not being able to drive them in. Regardless, um, that's a game plan issue, in my opinion. You know, they're they're second in all of baseball in walks and you know on base percentages out the roof, but you can't capitalize. You know, you're you're one of the lowest teams in all of baseball in run support, and uh, that's a that's a mentality. That's a philosophy. I think Heath would probably agree with that. We'll ask his take when he gets in here. Yeah. Robert, thank you so much for the $20 donation to the channel, brother. Robert's a, a truck driver, always driving across the country, watching the channel on his long drive. So I appreciate it, man. And listen, that's the, I know last night was a crazy stream filled with a lot of support donations and, and we were trying to stay positive. I don't know if you know, Nick, we dove into like the 2021 athletic article. There was so much talk about AJ Pryor last night on Twitter and all that jazz. I know, you know, a lot of people are saying money can't buy success and how Preller is, you know, Dele doesn't like to delegate. He only likes to have his close people. And I think, you know, 
I think part of that is definitely true, but also when you're losing, it always magnifies those things. And we always, sure. we always, we always talk about it. And if this team was winning, we wouldn't be talking about it. So I think, uh, you know, it is true, but you know, it is Nick. I mean, this team is three games under 500 again, Robert, thank you so much for your support and your donation. Um, 75 games in so it's we're, we're, we're way past early we're almost 50 percent through the season there are five and a half games out of the final wild card spot there are three teams in the national league west who are clearly superior to the san diego padres the san francisco giants just proved that the arizona diamondbacks are allergic to losing and it's crazy that the dodgers are probably the third team out of those top three and they have a lot of things to figure out and it's pretty tough to pinpoint because if you're taking a look at this team on paper you know, the batting averages aren't awful. It's with runners in scoring position is when you start to pull your hair out. The Padres as a team this series had 38 hits, Nick. They they averaged over nine hits per game, but they only took one out of four in San Francisco because situationally their hitting was absolutely anemic. This team is slated and on pace to be the worst team in the history of baseball when it comes to batting average with runners in scoring position. Heading into today, they were hitting 195 with runners in scoring position. Today, they were 5 for 10 with runners in scoring position. So hopefully that average crept above the Mendoza line. Greg, thanks for the two saying hooray for the Padres. I, it seems like a sarcastic hooray. So what do you think the sentiment in that clubhouse is right now? A team that's three games under 500. They've shown that they can do it. They just haven't been consistent. And unfortunately, in, in the major leagues, an inconsistent team is any, nothing short of not a good team. Yeah, I, look, I I can't speak to what it's like inside there right now. I mean, we know that there's always, you know, there's been turmoil in years past. We talked about that 21 season, you know, with Tatis and Machado yelling at each other and Jace Tingler and, and all that jazz and all that. Um, it's it's interesting because, you know, we've got all these big personalities. We've got all these superstars and um, you're really just looking for someone to kind of take control of the team. And it's nice to see Machado have a big home run today um, and just, you know, have put up a good performance all around, you know, having multiple hits and Gary getting in the mix as well. Um, man, I, I don't know what to say, honestly. I mean, it's, it's pretty, we gave those games away. We gave those games away. What are your, what are your last thoughts? night? Last night was, was a little different. I think last night you, you add on three runs from that miss miss call on the blocking at home plate. Like that's a whole different game, completely different game. If you Darvish gets out of that inning, it doesn't allow the next three runs to so that. To, that's a wash in my opinion. To be fair, the team was one for 12 last night with the in scoring position. They sure. gave Xander Bogarts the, the day off. We're going to get into God. him has just been so bad. And, and, I, and a part of me still thinks it's that risk because ever since he got hit by Spencer Strider, it hasn't been the same with him. And he, he obviously mentioned why he couldn't take a cortisone shot since he already took one before the season started. But I don't know if you were looking at some of my rants on the internet. Um, I'm not saying Bob Melvin's a bad manager. He's a really good manager. He's the best manager we've had in the A.J. Preller era. I do think his bullpen management um, was bad um, this series. Yeah, I, I thought in game two, Josh Hader should have definitely gone the ball to start the ninth. I thought in game one, um, if you were going to go with Tim Hill, um in six outs and he only threw 19 pitches, I would have given him the ball to go nine outs. Um, so what are your thoughts on, you know, I listen, the problems are deeper than that. This team can't hit situationally, but thoughts on yeah. Bob Melvin so far. Yeah. I mean, like it hasn't been our issue all season long. Our pitching has been the best part about our, about our team. And eventually, you know, you drop a few, it, it happens, you know, and our, our bullpen was gassed this, this series. Um, I think, you know, it would have been nice to see Tim Hill stay in the game, you know, especially since he was shutting people down that game, but it is what it is. Um, the game where Luis Garcia, you know, kind of blew it at the end, um, game one it was, 
you know, I would like to see someone else in there, but from what it sounds like, Bob's the type of guy that Heath always talks about that, you know, wants to instill confidence in his players, right? Give you a start when, uh, you know, it's your birthday or um, if you had a bad, if you blew a save, like, you know, going right to you again the next day. So Luis has had a, had a tough year. And I think it was one of those games where he really wanted to instill some confidence and really just didn't work out. But look, I, I like Bob. I think we've always been fans of him. I mean, it's not saying much that he's the best manager in the, the AJ Preller era. You know, we've, we've had yeah, kind yeah. of a, a wonky <laughs> bunch of guys. Um, but I think we got to give it some more time. I really do. I, I don't think the problem lies with that. Um, maybe it's too much of AJ getting involved. Maybe it's a staff thing. I don't know. But I'd like to see um, a full sample size to really know. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, if people like Bob Elmwood or not, he's the manager of this team for the foreseeable future. And as long as AJ Preller's in San Diego, I think Bob Melvin's in San Diego. And I don't think, um, I don't think AJ Preller has any more hires in his tenure with the Padres. This, this is it. So, and you know, a lot of people have been arguing about AJ Preller. Should they clean up in the front office? Blah blah blah. They're so deep into this process that that would just it, like this is this is it. Like it's. You hope you just hope yeah. they can figure it out. I know ADHD Adam Gross in the chat is saying, um, saying some stuff about Manny Machado and how Machado is hurt. No way he isn't. No way a guy like him could have under 700 OPS and less than 400. So, like, first of all, Adam Manny Machado started out the year pretty slow, and then he got hurt. Since he's returned from the IL, he's actually been pretty good, and his OPS is already back to a 730. He's at over an 850 OPS since returning, and his power is back. So, I would t- I would really look at Manny Machado since the return of injury and he's looked a lot more like the Manny Machado of old. Now I think last year was a little bit of an anomaly. He was hitting almost 300 and was an absolute machine, but dude's hitting 288, 5880 OPS since being back from the IL. That's the Manny Machado they paid for with plus defense and on pace to hit, you know, 30 home runs in that sample size, not this year because of the slow start, but Manny Machado ain't the problem, all right? Like, it, it, it's the whole team that has issues situationally. Listen, Jay Cronenworth has had a really tough year for the San Diego Padres. Uh, yeah, Trent Grisham tough. has been a, a really bad for, for the San Diego Padres. Juan Soto is a lot better than when we were first talking about him, and even this year's was optimistic for him. But, you know, he's had a really up-and-down year. I think the only true lone consistent bright spot has been Fernando Tatis Jr., who is literally making a case to be National League MVP, and he missed 20 games to start the year. He is literally, as Adam said, the lifeline of this team right now, Nick, and the occasional Gary Sanchez blast, which they got back today. But, I mean, dude, Fernando is just cracked, but that's really it right now. Yeah, I would, I would throw Kim being a little consistent here. I mean, he's he, good. We're, You're right. We're, we're getting what we thought we would get out of him, right? A consistent hitter Better. who goes one Better. for four, right? Two two for four yeah. every now and then yeah. and plays amazing defense. We love Kim. Um, Cronenworth, to me, has been a big issue because not only did we pay him a lot, you know, start the season, but at one of the positions that you need to have the most offensive production, we're not getting that. First base. You look around the league, you look around the history of baseball. Your first baseman is your masher. He's your guy who hits a lot of home runs, has a lot of slug. You know, we're looking at Goldschmidt and Freeman, you know, and all these guys who are in consideration. You know, Freeman's, you know, my, maybe the front runner, maybe second to, to Cunha and MVP, you know, depending how you look at it, maybe it rises in there too. But you need to have good offensive production out of your first baseman. And that's just things that we haven't had as Padre fans since really Adrian Gonzalez. You know, I mean, Eric Hosmer wasn't that guy. Um, so we need more out of Jake. Can't just be the glove. It can't just no be, doubt. you know, can't just working the count. I mean, he works the count well. He gets on base when he when he walks every now and then, but a lot of whiffs. I see a lot of whiffs on Jake. And 
Um, you know, would like to see a little bit more consistency, just, you know, spraying the ball everywhere. No doubt. Some other disappointments. In Trent Grisham's defense, he had a pretty good series against the Giants. He's finally over 200 for the first time since his fourth birthday. So that's been great. Um, Matt Carpenter, been a huge disappointment for the Padres. And it was always a risky signing because he only had 100 at-bats with the Yankees. And our our biggest fears have have come to fruition. Uh, Doesn't look like he's close to a major league player at this point in his career. And it, it's gone to a lot of Padre fans talking about wanting Will Myers back, thinking he's a better DH option than Matt Carpenter and slash or Nelson Cruz, even though um, Will has been shit this year. Yeah. Excuse my French. Brandon Dixon, who he is, a 190 player. This lineup is our concern of it being very top heavy, and they're not really getting much um, production at the bottom of their order, let alone Austin Nola. And Kim was at the top of the order today. So, um, crap man when you're I, uh i think when, carp is a is a good dfa candidate here pretty soon honestly you're yeah. not you don't add any value on the field you know you're really only situationally used when we're going against righties um and you're just really not getting it done as a dh you know we we need someone that can do that and i don't know if that's internally i don't know if you call someone up Odor, uh, you know, baby Odor. yeah look i mean odor has been been fine like but i like yeah. him kind of in that super utility role where he can play you know just infield um, you know, he's clutch, but it, how long is that going to last for? You know what I mean? Uh, with Carp, you know, you just, I think he's just a little too far gone as, as a, I just don't think they can DFA him. They gave him a two year deal. Um, I mean, you've just thrown money left and right. I mean, at this point, like, okay, whatever you're, you're 3 million this year, you're 5 million next year. Like, is that really going to make a big indent into your, like you're taking up a roster spot. You're taking, you're, you're an auto out at this point. You can DFA him. In yeah, my opinion, we'll we'll have to find out. Let's get let's get into a positive note today, chat. And uh, Blake Snell, uh, let's get some Blake Snell emojis in the chat for all you members. This guy um, is at this point going to be pitching in the All Star game here in a month. Um, He's going to he, be the uh, NL pitcher of the month. We'll get back to back. We'll get May oh, yeah. for Waka and and June for Snell. And if we and if we were if I were to tell you the parts were back to back different pitchers of the month. Heading into the year, I'd be like, we're exceeding expectations. And, and not not named Joe Musgrove or you Darvish, too? Because we thought that the pitching was going to be the issue of this team. That's why this year has been so wonky. And we're getting second half Blake Snell in the first half. I mean, this guy has lowered his ERA from five weeks ago to a 5.4 to a 3.22 ERA. He's been in double-digit strikeouts in his last four or five starts. Six, he's going deeper into games. He's going six plus innings. No walks today. 11 strikeouts, just going nuclear. I mean, this guy is nuts. He's unhittable right now. That bag. And, 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 and that's, and I think it was Heath who said that some players are motivated by the bag. And I'm not saying that's Blake Snell, but it's pretty obvious that's Blake Snell. Yeah. And uh, Nick, he's not. It's so here, here's what I want to ask you about Blake Snell, guys. I, I think it's pretty clear that uh, he's going to get a ton of money. Um, if the Padres are a month from now, are still at around three to five games under 500, and they are six out of the wild card spot, should they trade Blake Snell and get a legit prospect? Because they're not going to be able to afford already tied up with Darvish, already tied up with Musgrove, you know, not going to be able to afford to pay this guy 160, 170 million dollars. You might as well get a blue chipper for him. I would say if it were me running the team, probably yeah i'd probably try to get as much as possible because like, you're, you're look your team has been so you know under under all underperforming all year 
but AJ Preller for sure is is gonna have to swallow his is not gonna swallow his pride. Like he he's gonna he's gonna try to keep every little thing he can together to see how long he can keep this team going. If you're three games out, you know, he thinks they can make a big run because it's a talented roster in August, September. I don't see him blowing it up. Now, if we're sitting here, you know, eight games at our first place, ten games at our first place by the all-star break or by the trade deadline break, then uh I think it's a different story. Hater, Snell, I think you got to get rid of both those guys. Chad, I want to hear your guys' take, what you think they're going to do. I, I, I think one of the biggest things that I feel is very – I'm very interested in, in kind of how Peter Seidler views A.J. Preller at this point. You know, has been very loyal. The, their allegiance is sky high. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, Peter Seidler's hard-earned money is – I hate to use the word, but it's going to waste as of right now, uh, you know, with the San Diego Padres. And, and it really begs the question, how much longer, where does his patience run? And I know he's been super adamant. Adam says, no, you ain't getting much back for Blake Snell. He's been really good recently, but remember, he's still Blake Snell. He could easily fall back into the shit Snell. I don't know about that. I think, especially at the trade deadline, players come at a premium, especially a, left, especially at a, le- a left-hander who's in the prime of his career who can immediately help a contender. Uh, I mean, just take a look at most recent trade deadlines. What would, you know, the Max Scherzer, uh, the Luis Castillos, kind of some of these hauls. So uh, every single day we get closer to that end of July deadline, the hype gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And just the media will even grow these players' value. So I disagree. I think if Blake Snell continues this dominance, um, you get a lot for him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's him. an arms it's an arms race. I mean, and this is something that we don't year. want. We, we hope we're not in that position. We, right. we were hoping we can use this guy uh for our stretch run but shit Luis Garcia came in today in a in a situation that had no implication and was good breaking news um the, the Padres Nick they, no they, they they need some bullpen help too um I, I think they need a righty in this bullpen because I you know Robert Suarez is probably going to be back here in a month he started throwing breaking balls you can't trust his health and this team has really just been relying on Stephen Wilson and Nick Martinez as right-handed options in their bullpen. So if I were to ask you, where is the biggest need? Let's assume this team is buying. Um, where's their biggest need at the, at the trade deadline? Ugh, I mean, I want, like, I really want to say like another bat, but like, where do you stick it? And then who do you make room for? Right. So like, in my opinion, you know, have we seen enough of, of Grisham? Like his defense is amazing, but do you want to go out and get someone who can actually hit the ball? And, you know, either plug Fernando in center or you go out and get the center fielder who can hit. Um, call me crazy. This could probably cost a lot. But if you're in or in, the White Sox continue to suck. Maybe entertain an offer for Luis Robert, you know, mm-hmm. Merrill, whoever else. Maybe even have them throw in a pitcher. Because, I mean, they're going to be big. Kendall Graveman. Some pit- yeah, they yeah. have some good options. And, and I, look, we've got the farm. And I know we, we love hugging prospects. But at the end of the day, like – we're in win now mode and that's also insurance as well if soto walks right if you, you have luis robert in control for three i think he's got three more years of arbitration Will the Sox trade him for the right price i mean look they're in a position right now where they, they can't win this division like what are they supposed to do i mean this division's atrocious the al central i mean you got the twins at, in first place at 38 and 38 right now and, this, if- and the white Sox are six games back from that yeah, they're a mess. Um, they, they have a lot of options. I have a video coming out kind of talking about some of their options. Um, Michael Kopech is another one. Kendall Graveman. Um, they, have, they have some other guys in their bullpen. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Um, I mean, I, I, that's, that's, it's pretty far-fetched, but at the end of the day, like 
it's insurance. It, it fills a need, you know, you package it around Grish and some, uh, some prospects and, uh, you know, you bluster some bluster the roster a little bit with some powder. It's got yeah. speed too. Nick, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, on how you Darvish has been, because I, I know a lot of Potter fans are a little bit disappointed, um, concerned, um, with you Darvish, um, yeah. you know, hasn't been awful, but just hasn't really been the lights out dominant. You, we had hoped to see, especially after committing another six years to a guy who's already in his, you know, very late thirties had a, you know, I wouldn't say an awful outing last night, but again, wasn't his best. Hasn't really been able to find a lot of consistency this year. His ERA is in the mid fours. Um, are you concerned with you, Darvish? Is it something that you think will turn around? I know Sandy Alcantara is having a really down year for the Miami Marlins. So is it something that you see as a long-term concern or just a, kind of a little funk that Darvish is in? I think it's a little funk because I was looking at you yesterday and he started the game really well. And then besides yeah. that one inning where, you know, we, we almost got out of it and then they call the blocking and the, the uh, interference, he allows an extra three runs there. So the game stats, the box score doesn't paint the picture of how well he actually pitched the rest of the game. Um, can't say the same for the Tampa Bay series where he allowed six runs, but um, you know, I mean, guys go through these stretches and, He's been pitching for a very long time, and every now and then this happens. But I still have faith in him. I mean, they gave him the money, but I also think it's a long-term play as well to try to potentially get their hands on Otani because, I mean, look, Otani grew up as you Darvish being one of his favorite players. And if you have the opportunity to play with a fellow countryman that you know pitched next to him, then maybe you do that. So I think it's a, it's a bigger play than just locking him up as a pitcher. Guys, I want to show you your, your screens right now. So... Both Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis Jr., they missed the cuts to advance in all-star balloting. So it's looking like Blake Snell's riding the wave as probably the best chance the Potters have to get a starter next month's all-star game in Blake Snell's hometown of Seattle. Maybe um, Waka. Um, but it's pretty crazy. The Potters aren't – you know, Machado ain't going to be in. Looks like Soto and Tatis just missed the cut. Bogarts um, made the cut though, right? Did he? I think he was third in shortstop voting. That's crazy. That X is going to be an all-star. Um, it's a popularity yeah, contest, you know. It is a popularity contest. Tatis, yeah, really... Tatis loses votes because of his, you know, steroid use, you know, and the suspension, and of course he missed some games. But Tatis should be an all-star. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, oh, clearly that's it's pretty crazy that Tatis isn't an all-star. So. Um, Bowmel is purposely managing like crap because he's trying to get AJ fired. That's not that's not the truth, Cacti. Um, I, I I don't know what the situation with AJ is. Where do you stand, Nick, on the whole AJ stuff? I mean, I haven't really asked for your take, and I mean it's uh, it's clearly out of our control. We're just homers of the team who who want to yeah. see them win. But where, where 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 do you stand with all of it? When there's smoke, there's fire. Look, if you look at the consistent factor of all of the bad Padre seasons, he's been the only one that's been around for all of that. Right since he came in here. You know, since he's had the the big year when he went out and got Matt Kemp and Justin Upton and and Shields and Kimbrell and, and all these guys, you know, Middlebrooks and Derek Norris it, and up to now. And then 2021, there's been just so many frustrating seasons and he's been the the consistent factor here. So I think, you know, this is a, a prove it year. If if they don't get it done, if they don't make the playoffs, you, I think there's a good chance, maybe 75 to 60% chance that he's on the chopping block and you go out and get someone new. Maybe you go out and, and see what the Reds or the, uh, the Rays GM, you know, wants, give him whatever he wants. Cause that guy's been able to consistently put together a team with no money. Yeah. It's, uh, 
It should be very interesting. Guys, I'm not sure if we'll have Heath on this one. It looks like he's battling some Wi-Fi issues. But again, the Padres defeat the San Francisco Giants 10-0. to They salvage that four-game set and improve, sadly, to 36-39 and on the year. Tomorrow, they host the Washington Nationals for a three-game set. This is a Nationals team now that played today. They're traveling all the way across the country. They're one of the worst teams in baseball. I mean, it's like it's gotta happen it's gotta happen yeah. this series for the Padres you got Patrick Corbin who's been pretty uh, anemic this year you know he's only got a two to one strikeout to walk ratio you got Joe Musgrove going on the mound tomorrow like it's they gotta win they gotta win this series at minimum um the the, the boys are still looking for their first series sweep um of the year and it would with three game at least minimum series sweep of the year and it would come at a, a really important and needed time. I think this team still has questions to know what they want to do at the trade deadline. And this month of June was their easiest month so far of the year. And there's still time to capitalize on it, but they haven't been able to do so quite yet. So any, any, any thoughts for this upcoming national series? I think we actually have Heath joining right now, but Nick, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, this is a, a massive series. It really is. I mean, you look at the record and they're not great. However, Look, this is the time that you need to kind of tighten up the the nuts and bolts. Uh, you know, you're you're starting to get to a scary time with all star breaks coming up, and you got to decide if you're a buyer or seller, and you got to take care of the easy games. So Washington here got to be a win, and then you go to Pittsburgh, who's another team that's struggling, and then you face the red hot Reds. So, Keith, how's it going? It's going pretty crazy. I have no cell service at my house and no internet service, so I'm literally a block down the road. He's committed. I love that commitment, Heath. I, I don't understand this. I, I Yeah, anyway. So I went down the street, and I'm on my cell phone right now. But, like, I want to jump on a little bit what you guys say. And gosh, man, the Padres have been – I don't know what they've been doing. But this series this next week or two is coming up. You know, the Reds can't be hot forever. So uh, we really need to have a really good next week or two. Otherwise – Unfortunately, we're kind of going to be sellers. You're going to have to sell Soto, get something for him. Soto, wow. yeah, we're talking. We were talking Snell and Hater, but we're, yeah, Heath, we were talking Blake Snell because he's been so dominant lately, and he's he's probably well, going to walk. Well, Blake Snell, I wouldn't resign, just you know, because he hasn't been consistent. He's oh, there he goes. There, there's the <laughs> what, what? What is Nick? That's that Georgetown, Texas uh, yeah. cell service. Yeah, that that is what it is. Yeah, but I don't know what do you. So he, so he well, is one hundred percent adamant on not resigning Blake Snell, huh? Yeah, I want to. I want to go off that really quickly. So consistency is a big thing. Like you don't want to go out and pay a guy, you know, because what's he going to get? Like one fifty, two hundred. Blake Snell, you think? It, Boris is his agent. He's going to compare him to what Rodon got. Okay, so we're looking around that range, two hundred, right? Which is absurd. It's absurd especially for a guy that has lacked consistency in his entire tenor with the Padres. He's been great in the second half. And look, this is probably the best season we've seen him have so far, but I don't know if we can take that risk. I know the lefty specialist thing is a big thing, but Heath, we got you back. Yeah. Sorry. I guess Texas maybe with the weather or something is going crazy right now, but you know, I was saying Blake Snell, Great, great pitcher, but, you know, you're not going to re-sign him. He hasn't been consistent over the last couple of years. He's not the pitcher that we thought, he, you know, was in Tampa consistently. Hater, you know, if you can get some for him, great. If you don't plan on sign, re-signing him, I would love to re-sign him to, you know, three- or four-year deal, but maybe he wants Muko Bucks. I don't know. Um, 
So, but it's just one of those things. I mean, we're not hitting. We need to go get some guys that are going to consistently hit. I mean, Soto's been crushing the ball lately. Tatis has been hitting the ball really well. But, you know, it's one of those things. I don't want to be sellers this year, but, you know, if they don't play well against this next, the next week against some bad teams, then, um, you know, fortunately we probably are going to be sellers. Heath, Heath, what are your, what are your thoughts on um, Bob Melvin? There's been a lot of scrutiny by by Bob Melvin. I just think it's Pottery fans being you know frustrated at times by losing. I do think Melvin mismanaged the bullpen. I think he had th- this series. He mismanaged it big time. But thoughts on thoughts on Bob Melvin and some of his decision making lately. You know, you know he's he's made some mistakes, but every manager makes mistakes. You know, um, he's definitely made mistakes with uh, the the bullpen and some pitchers. But overall, I think he's still a good manager. Um, we, we need to do something with the hitting coach or something or whatever is going on, but you know, something needs to get stirred up a little bit, but you know, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not selling Bob Melvin just yet. You know, I'd like to see him finish out the year and see exactly what he can bring to the table. And, um, I, you know, I'm still a Bob Melvin fan, so. Guys, yeah. take a look. Take Nick, take a look at this. And I showed this on stream the other night. This was as of like two days ago. And I'm not sure if you can see this, Heath, but on the left is what current Padres are hitting with runners in scoring position, the, the biggest left column. And in the middle is what their career batting averages are with runners in scoring position. I have not seen a team decline this much collectively, situationally. Heath, they're not bad hitters regularly, but when runners are in scoring position, they're Single life effing players. Can He's you explain this? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they're too lazy days, Cole. Maybe Bob Melvin needs to chew them out or something, you know, because sometimes managers, you know, light a fire on people's butts. Maybe he's not doing that. I don't know. I'm not in the clubhouse. So, um, gosh, it's, it's really weird. If you just look at those numbers and you just think of what everybody thought we were going to be this year and we're the complete opposite. So, um, you know, if it was pitching, I could totally give you great advice. But it, trust me, it's not Petco. The you know um, they brought the fences in. It's not that we've had more day games. It's not that. So you can't blame it on the stadium. You got to blame it on the players. I mean, uh, Sanchez, the new catcher, is great. I mean, his batting average is low, but at least he has power numbers, unlike yeah. our other catchers. So you know, you kind of give no. and take with that one. But. Um, it's just it's it's mind boggling. That's why I say I, I hate to say fire a coach, but we need to find a hitting coach. And the Padres have never had a really good hitting coach for a very long time, or at least a hitting coach that stays there for a long time. So, um, you know, I don't want to blame the hitting coach because he's not going out there, but you got to blame somebody. Heath, you want to take the job? <laughs> As a hitting coach, I probably wouldn't be any better. Be honest with you, I could probably do the pitching, but not you'd be better coach. than nobody. They have nobody right now. So, well, you know, it's just one of those things. Maybe, you know, uh, here's the, here's one aspect. I don't know what's going on this year, but I know that they use a pitch machine for batting practice a lot, or they have in the past. Maybe they need to get back to somebody just throwing. You know, if they want a BP thrower, I'm really good at that. I did that my last couple of years playing. So um, it's just one of those things that maybe you need to see more live guy, more live, you know, hitting than pitching machines even though it's faster you know you need to see the guy ball coming out of somebody's hand maybe that gets that fired him up or something do you think there's something to do with the fact that 
maybe the batters are a little too patient because like we're in top of the league right now when it comes to walks, but they're just not swinging. We have the lowest swing rate in all of baseball. Well, I would say that because you get you get a lot of deep counts, and you know if you don't hit your pitch, you're, you know maybe maybe pitchers. I'd love to see the scouting report because I know certain teams win swing at the first pitch, and it's like sweet strike one, your batting average drops after that. So mm-hmm. um, maybe maybe that's it. I mean, somebody's got to stir the pot. Somebody's got to do something to to wake up the hitting, wake up the bats, go sacrifice a chicken or something. I don't know. I mean, something's got to happen. <laughs> Something's got to happen. Slump buster. Or slump buster. You know, hey, don't want to talk about it on air, but hey, somebody go fall on the the sword. You know, big slump buster (laughs) out there. Go find a biggie. Big birthday. Yeah, exactly. No, we were were talking about it with Nick, but these these next nine games are so important. You you host the Nationals for three, which are – they're one of the worst teams in the National League. You got some of your your big guns pitching. Like – this team hasn't swept a team yet in, in, in a three-game series this year. Like they, they gotta get the Nationals. The Pirates have started to lose a lot of baseball games, and then they face the red hot Reds. We're hoping aren't red hot when we face them uh you know a week from tomorrow. So these next nine, he this kind of caps the month of June, which was supposedly the Padres kind of chance to get their heads back above water. And they haven't been able to do so yet, but there still is enough time. I mean, what do you what do you think is going on in that clubhouse right now? Where do you think the mindset is? Uh you know, in that clubhouse, it's clearly not good, but as a player, put yourself in that clubhouse. What do you think is going on? I'm hoping it's not panic mode. And then all of a sudden everybody's thinking who's going to get traded or whatnot. Are we going to be sellers or whatnot? Um, but it kind of seems like it is right now. It's panic mode. You know, we got it. We got to win. We got to do this. We got to do that. And, you know, you know, bullpen, you know, maybe push pressing a little too much the last couple games and we lose them. Um, so uh, something's going on. We need to be loosey goosey. We need to go out there and just try to win every single day. And every day is a new day. You know, forget about yesterday. That's where a manager comes in. But then again, you know, that's where other coaches come in. So uh, it's hard to say what's going on in the clubhouse because I know they're trying. You can't you can't say that the guys aren't trying. They're doing their best. But something has to happen. That's why you have like team leaders, guys joking around. You know, Evan Longoria has been around the league for such a long time because what he does in the clubhouse just brings people up and especially times they're down, you know, keeps everybody's morale up. Maybe we don't have one of those guys. So it's just one of those things that maybe somebody just needs to do that. Maybe they need to go have a barbecue at somebody's house. Um, You know, Trevor Hoffman's got a nice beach house. Maybe Trevor, go take everybody out in your beach house. Um, Somebody needs to kind of loosen it up and you guys just go out and have fun again. Cause I don't think they're playing and having a whole lot of fun. Like they did last year, early in the season before they went on this, you know, spiral down and then came back up this year, kind of started a little shaky X was cranking and then not. So maybe they're just pressing too much. They just need to relax, loosen up, like, maybe bring the Mariotta like they, band in the clubhouse or something. Gosh, it seemed like they, Last season they put it together right after the Bad Bunny concert. So maybe we need another uh, concert. Go to Bad Bunny. Let's go. Let's get some bunnies out. I got out one there. more. I got one more for you. You you, you actually think Zan X is is hurt with the wrist? Because ever since he got pegged in the wrist by Spencer Strider at the end of April, the dude just can't hit. He's grimacing when he swings. They put him on the shelf for a few days, and then he looked better when he came back for a few days. But then it started to bug him again. They got to put him on the IL because he has been 
abysmal since getting pegged in that wrist that has chronically bugged him. You, you think it's that, or you just think he's slumping like everyone else? No, I think he's actually hurt. I think he's a guy like me that doesn't want to go on the DL, guy that would play through pain and just grin through it. I think he's a really tough guy. That's where, you know, Bob needs to kind of sit him down and say, hey, it'll be better if you just go on, you know, 15 days, come back in two weeks, come back in 10 days or whatnot, you know, yeah, get I mean, you hundred percent. So we've, uh, we've got like just, 20 shortstops on the roster. Exactly. I mean, somebody needs, needs to come up and say, Hey, let's go, you know, let's just, just give us a week, you know, or, or, or 10 days or whatever it is. And it'll be better for you, better for the team, better for everybody else. You know, kind of, let's be a team player here. So I think he's hurt. Yeah. He's playing I'm hurt. With you. I'm with you. Cool. Well, I mean, there's not really much more for me to add. Chat, let me know if you guys have any questions. The Man, the Diamondbacks, Dodgers, and Giants are just kind of running away with this thing right now. And uh, There's still time. Have, there's, have there's, faith. There's, there's no a chance whole lot the of division's time. done. Division's done. Stop. Division's well, done. Well, here's the thing. If, if, this, if this year doesn't go well, we really need to seriously think about A.J., and what's the future with him? You know, everybody loved him or down. They loved him at first. They went down. Now they're back up because all these signings. But, hey, you know, things that he's done, it hasn't worked. So um, it's just one of those things. But there is a lot of time. It's a marathon season. There's more playoff teams this year. So don't don't sweat it. We just need to get hot at the right time. We need to get hot this week and and figure things out. We just, you know, like I said, we need a pool party. We need a bunny concert. We need some like that. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll I'll wear some bunny ears next go time the, we're go on. The, go to the bunny ranch. Or the bunny ranch. Let's go. I'll join you guys. <laughs> uh, Nick, anything else for you to add? I mean, I, I think you hit it right on the head, man. I mean, it's just yeah. let's, let's just hope. Let's just it's hope. it's it's good to finally vent here. Um, look, that was a red hot Giants team. Let's let's uh kind of focus up here and and take advantage of this. Uh, lesser opponent in the nationals than the pirates you think the red sox adam saying maybe we all understand why the red sox weren't even close to giving their captain enough money to be a red sox for life you think the Sox knew about his wrist like because probably said they knew about the wrist but they it didn't worry them and man we offered him a hundred million dollars more than any other team <laughs> If we knew about the, if Preller knew about the wrist and he wasn't worried and gave him a hundred million more, then like I said, maybe he's the one we need to be thinking of, because we have ownership. Yeah. We have ownership. I do believe we have the manager. We have the players. Maybe we don't have the front office. Heath, Heath, I mean, Chad saying, Chad saying, organize a slump buster party at Hong Kong in TJ. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I might be oh, down boy. for that. You never know. <laughs> all right all right lads go I think big or we'll, go home boys go, go big or go home go big or go home the, the the 36 and 39 san diego padres man never thought i'd say that in mid-june but as heath says it is a marathon not a sprint there is still some time for the padres to get it going right-hander joe musgrove goes on the mound against left-hander patrick corbin tomorrow in a very important three-game set against the washington nationals so Gentlemen, we'll, we'll see you on the other side. And, and, and chat, fans, go check us out. Ring the bell on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Believe. And as hard as it is, keep the faith, everyone. Keep the faith. I'm going to start putting some bunny ears on, watching the games. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.